Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast, a show that offers you tips and strategies to help speakers build the business of their dreams. Now, here's your host, 30-year industry veteran and business coach, Jane Atkinson. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Atkinson, and I'm excited to talk today on one of my favorite subjects, which is creating your perfect lifestyle business. You're perfect being the operative words there, because I think everybody's might be a little bit different. And we have someone who does just that. Stephanie Staples is in the house. Welcome, Stephanie. You know what? Any day that I get to talk to you is a great day, Jane. So <laughs> yay. Oh, so lovely. Well, tell everybody just about your business model, and then we'll kind of unpack the uh, lifestyle piece coming up. Okay, well, so keynote speaking is my, I probably have the worst business model ever. So keynote speaking, that's it. That's pretty much all I do. Started coaching, that's how I got into it. But I quickly discovered keynoting was kind of my thing. I do the odd bit of other things, but basically, and, and everyone told me this is terrible. It's a terrible business model, especially, and then COVID came and it was a terrible business model, but that's what I love to do. And that is what I do. And yeah. That's it. And so what would be your goal in terms of a number of speaking engagements per year? I won't ask you your feet. I would just be curious to know what your numbers are. So if I did between 35 and 50 a year, I'm way, 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 way happy with that. That makes sense. 35 to 50. And I feel like that's a really nice lifestyle number too. And so we're talking about lifestyle, 35 to 50. My pen's not working for me, so it's annoying me here. 35 to 50, you're out on the road several times per month. But talk about how you started to develop the lifestyle that was perfect for you. What are some of the changes that you, you know, what did you recognize? What was the need for a change in the first place? Well, even before I was speaking, I was nursing and I had a nursing business and I developed that nursing business where I had three small kids and it's like, I wanted to be, I wanted to go to their games. I didn't want to do shift work. I wanted to go to hot lunch. I wanted to be there for my kids in the morning. So anyway, I started this nursing business where I had other nurses working for me and I saw my clients in between like school hours and my kids basically didn't know I worked. So that was lovely. And so when I started building up my speaking business, I had that freedom to go, you know, to, if I was doing regular nursing, I couldn't take three days off here and three days off there. But I had this freedom to create this lifestyle. And I knew that I, my major goal after when I got those kids grown up, I wanted to retire my husband. That was my major financial goal. Yes. What did yes. He, what did he Sorry? What, what was business was he in? I was a blue collar worker. So he had a job, not a career that he loved or what he went to work to be to provide blah, blah, blah. So yeah, he was totally on board with my plan. <laughs> Very supportive. Yes. And I think one of the, you know, we kept looking at how much money do we need to live the lifestyle that we want to live? And we kept coming up with this number coming in. It's the same number over and over again. And it was like, okay, how much do I have to work to make this number? Like we both don't need to work full time to make this number. And we just kind of put all the eggs into this keynote basket and it was, it was the best thing we ever did. And five years ago, we moved from the prairies to Vancouver Island, retired him, 
And now we live in this little paradise. You have to pay me a lot of money to get me off this island now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And so you retired him. What age was he at when he retired? He was 52. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so I um, I shared with you before we got started here that my husband's 65 and he just, I mean, he's in the throes of retiring as we speak. Like literally this week, there could be a contract Yo. by his business. And so if it all goes through, when it all goes through, when that all goes through, yes. And I kind of like it under different terms than it is right now, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, when it's all finalized, it would be so great to be, now we're mobile. We can go, Mm -hmm. I can work from anywhere. All I need is a good internet connection. I just got Starlink up at the cottage so that I will no longer be faced with a lot of internet outages, I hope, huh? (laughs) That's brand new. And so now it's a total game changer. So how was it like in the early, okay, when he first comes home from work that last day, was it a big like gulp for both of you? Or how did you feel your way through that? So how it had happened, it wasn't quite like that. So one day I was, I had a job in, in uh, Chicago and for whatever reason, I looked up Victoria and it was like cheaper to go to Victoria than it was to Winnipeg. So I sent him a note. I'm just like, I'm going to go to Victoria. I'm just going to look at some properties because we talked about maybe, you know, retiring here. And he says, that sounds good. He says, if you find something, buy it, we'll just rent it out. And so I came to Victoria, I bought a condo and then, and it was, he's like, great, you know, we'll rent it out. I got to the airport in Victoria and I phoned him and I said, I think you should quit your job. Like oh. I, literally every week, literally every week I'd get an email. This one had a stroke. This one had a aneurysm. This one had cancer. This one, what every week I was getting emails from people about something horrible. And I just said, you know what? We don't know like what tomorrow holds. We don't know how much time we have left. Like we can do this. I can do this. And just, I think you should quit your job. And in that parking lot, Victoria parking lot, he said, okay. And that was in April. And we were, we left home in July. And you moved to Sydney in Victoria, Vancouver Island, and you have never looked back. No, like not all to say, okay, so I have three kids and I had told them, I said, we got to move now before we get grandchildren. Cause if we get grandchildren, we're never going to leave. And that's exactly what happened is three months after we left, our son said, we're having a baby just to spite you for leaving. (laughs) So it's not all like perfect because, you know, we left our three kids, right? And people are like, how could you leave your family? Let's be clear. Grown Uh, children. Yeah. So they weren't seven. You didn't leave five. (laughs) And, And so, yeah, I get that. We have six grandchildren and we will be maybe somewhere else in the South in the winter times and we will be up north at our cottage in the summer times luckily one family we only have two families to contend with and one family is close to us near the lake now so mm. if other family would just move up there it would be all perfect but of course we don't know what will happen but it's really interesting to just think this through okay yeah. so we're wondering if there are a lot of listeners going hmm <laughs> What would it take for me to retire my spouse? Might not always be husband. It might be wife. Might oh, yes. Yeah. Partner. Yeah. 
or that might not be their ultimate goal. But I think like the concept, and I don't know if you've heard of this, is called a lehum, L-E-G-O-M, lehum. It's a Danish word and it means just enough. Just enough. So basically like we have this number that I need to earn for us to have that, that we can just live this lifestyle and whatever. If I earn $20,000 more, we can do this. If I learn 20,000. And to be clear, like I am not just super candid. I am not in the high income earners group. I am super happy with like Lehum. I, except for 2020, I'm consistently at six figures. I'm super happy with that. It's low six figures, but I'm living the life I want to live. And so I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said with that because we go to our speaking organization and I mean, I'll listen to you every week too. And it, it, you know, there is, you hear these like more and driven and focused and yes. And there is also another way also. I love that. And that's why I wanted to have you on, Stephanie. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And I'm like, we have lots to talk about <laughs> and on lifestyle because the wealthy speaker lifestyle, yes, there's something about wealth built into the title, but it's really more of about an abundant mentality. And abundance means lay home. It means there's enough, right? Well, and isn't that's the first line in your original book, right? Like imagine this, right? Imagine your perfect day. It's like I'm living my perfect day, like right now. I went for a run this morning. I came home, secured a local full feed job. I'm having an interview with you and then I'm going to go kayaking. So this is my perfect day. <laughs> that is your perfect day. And I think over time, things for me have gotten to be more simple. Like in my business as well, this whole summer was all about evaluating and reevaluating. And when I went to my coach in Toronto, I go to strategic coach once a quarter. My coach looked at me and said, what's up? There's something going on there. And I said, well, you know, all summer long, my husband's been talking about retirement and all summer long, I've been deciding and then deciding again and then deciding whether or not I want to continue doing this business. And so what we came to during that coaching session, and it gives me goosebumps to think about it. I decided that within three to five years, I am going to retire only from the pieces of the business that I consider to be pains in my ass. <laughs> and so I am very clear on like where I'm going now and I'm recommitted to this idea and everything is about simplicity now. Would you say that you've simplified your life since moving? Oh, 100%. It, the whole voluntary simplicity concept, we sold, we lived in a a bungalow on a cul-de-sac with a pool and a hot tub and three kids and four pets. And <laughs> yeah, we moved like with a truck full of stuff we had in our condo for nine months. We had a couch, a bed and a massage table. And that's all we had for nine months. But after 25 years of like every decision being about that family, it felt so fabulous to have. So to how I'm doing air quotes, have so little just to be, yeah, the outdoor is my backyard. And most things we do don't cost any money. And I make super good use when I have a trip. My husband's not a big travel guy. 
So when I take my, you know, I had three days in, I had one job in Indiana, Indiana this last week. And I went straight from the airport to this restaurant that one of my speaking colleagues said, you must go to this restaurant. Uh, then I went straight to the Indianapolis Speedway and did a tour there. And then, the, like, you know, I made like super good use of, of my time when I'm away. And I actually, I'm just going to talk about that for a moment, if I may. While I was there at this event, I connected with two Hall of Fame speakers who were also speaking at this event. And I had the supper with each of them one night. And both of them were just so shocked that I would do anything else while I was there. Like they fly in, they speak, they leave. Like I never, I virtually never do that. I always either meet somebody, do something, find, like always. That's part of my experience. To like absorb what there is to see in the city that you go to. Like what are some of your goals when you arrive in a city? So I either want, I, I think I, how I learned this was the first time I got an out of country job. It was in Nashville. And my friends were like, oh, you're going to Nashville. Or you went to Nashville. And I was like, I saw the airport <laughs> and the convention center. That's all I saw. And I just went, if I'm doing this, this is not how I'm going to do it. If I want a lifestyle business, this is part of my lifestyle. Travel is part of my lifestyle. So I'm not just going to fly there for an hour and come home. So mm -hmm. I want, I will always, always reach out to somebody in the speaking world, wherever I am. I will always find some sort of food or experience or adventure or trip or whether it's whitewater rafting or a certain museum or, or some, I will always, always do so something. You have kind of some ideas. So let's get intentional people about what we want to do when we arrive in cities. If you go to Nashville, by the way, you have to go to the Bluebird Cafe because yes. all the amazing singers already. Yes. And um, when you do that, you have like incredible stories then to yeah. tell at your place, right? Like I have an incredible Bluebird Cafe story to, you know, to tell <laughs> that I never would have had if I just stayed at the hotel. Hmm. Jana Stanfield, an NSA speaker, was kind enough to take me on a tour of her then husband's record company, MCA Records. And she actually taught me all about the music business when I was in Nashville. And we went to the Bluebird Cafe. And, you know, that is a trip that I will never, ever forget. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I can tell you, I've gone to conventions in cities that I don't know. I don't remember being I don't remember yeah. anything about it. Yeah. That was that is lodged in my memory for life. Yeah. Otherwise, all the cities seem the same. You don't know which side of the hotel bed you wake up on. And, and I can tell you a whole Jenna Sanfield story. Like she changed that woman. Like, but everybody I meet is, and that's part of, to me, that's part of lifestyle, right? That's connecting. That's, and it's not networking. It's mm -hmm. connecting. Hmm. You got me thinking about my next trip to see. So people say to me, oh, well, while you're there, you should call the, mm -hmm. A chapter and go and do a speech for them. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to work more. I, I and I do understand people who do want to work more and mm -hmm. back, but I'm kind of thinking more along these lines where I want to connect and have an experience. So the next time I went to Nashville, I went on to NSA, yes. and I, whoever was the president at the time. I didn't know who she was, but I send a note and I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but now, and I do throw in now, like, especially with these two Hall of Fame speakers, I did throw in like, I'm a CSP. Like I thought I'll throw that in just so they don't think I just want to be, you know, tapping into their brilliance or whatever. I just threw that in just so they know I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, I just did. 
And this, this woman ended up picking me up at my hotel. I said, she said, how will I know you? I said, I'll be the one with the princess crown. And she said, I'll be the one with the red clown nose. So sure <laughs> enough, she picks me up, you know, from her car with. Oh, you. that's funny. Yeah. So I always reach out. So, and if they say no, like I just don't take it personally. It's more about them than. And actually one of the people that I met in Indiana, he just said, he said, I don't normally do this, you know, like, and I'm like, well, that's, that's cool. Like if you just said no, like that's too bad. Cause I'm a really nice, fun, interesting person actually. And, and at the end of the night, he's like, I'm so glad I said yes. Like this was great. And you know, so maybe he'll say yes more easily next time. That's really beautiful. And I, you know, when you're kind of old in the industry, I've been in this industry for over 30 years, you can get jaded. And it's very easy for you to say no to things like that. And I want to circle back to something that happened between the two of us and your year one. I believe it was your year one. Did you do Rising Stars in year one? I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up because I felt like it was a teachable moment. It was teachable for myself. You did an amazing presentation, which I still remember for a competition that we had up here in Canada at the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And I was on a panel of judges and we gave you feedback. And I loved your presentation and gave you a lot about that. But I also said something about your outfit. And since that moment in time, I made a decision. I think I apologized to you later on. And I said, I will never, ever judge somebody's style ever again, because how you feel good is how you feel good. And I just wanted to say to you publicly, <laughs> that was a moment that I wanted to take back. You know, as a judge, it's very easy. You know, you're literally judging people, which is not necessarily a comfortable thing to do. And I said something about something. I don't even remember exactly. What oh, I totally exactly remember. I remember what exactly I was wearing. <laughs> it was a blouse, but it was just, it was busy. It yeah. was busy. And you just said like the busy takes away from the message. Distracted by it. But, yeah. but what if that was your blouse that made you feel like a million bucks? Then I guess I just have learned my lesson that I will not judge anybody else's style from here on in. That will never <laughs> be words that come out of my mouth again. <laughs> well, I think that affected you more than it affected me. I took out of it. Don't be busy. Like it, they shouldn't be looking at your outfit. They should just be like concentrating on your message. And that I didn't take any offense by it. I'm like, if that's the worst you got to tell me after I spoke, then that's good. <laughs> Lady, I, I've always wanted to tell you that. Okay. So we actually do have a quasi outline here of things. <laughs> I really have loved, by the way, having kind of like a front row seat. How many years have you been in the business now? I think I'm tottering on 15 now. Okay. So crazy years ago is when I met you and I have loved the beautiful thing about social media is that I've been able to kind of watch your growth evolve and change. And I don't get to see a ton of everybody, every one person, but I love like, I would have caught we're moving to Victoria. And I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. amazing. Like what a great thing. And congratulations. It's been so great to just kind of sit on the sidelines and watch all of that go. Now you landed on revitalize your work in life. That's your promise statement. How hard was it for you to land on Elaine 
that served you. I mean, gosh, this feels so appropriate for you. Does it? Oh, good. I'm so glad. So let's go back more years because I did a Focus 40 with you. And, you know, I just love how you you heard something I said and you just like the cream rose to the top. And what the cream was in that Focus 40, 40 was bring your A-game to work in life. And I used that for, I don't know, 12 years and actually until COVID. And, and then I was like, never mind. I said, never mind, bring your A game to work. I just bring, I changed the capital A to like a little A, just bring a game, whatever game you can muster, just bring it your game. <laughs> so it evolved and changed. And this is. Yes. And then after COVID, I was like, people were then like asking and I was literally going, I don't think that's appropriate. Like, I don't think. And during, you know, in the height, of, like, it's just not appropriate to ask people of this. So it just seemed, even though people asked me, I would offer them this, how about this revitalization? Like, just breathe some new life. And every time I say it, people are going, that's exactly what we're looking for. So mm -hmm. I have not done one bring your A game. There's still lots of similar concepts in it, but it's just, it, it had to evolve because I couldn't stand up there and speak that with from truth. Well, that's the evolution of a speaker's business is that the, the times have changed, the way that you do business has changed. How much virtual are you doing today? Oh, so I'll just say one more thing about what I changed because my business name was is like technically Your Life Unlimited. <laughs> and, and then I was like, I crossed out the, the un. I was like, nope, your life is limited. <laughs> Let's just deal with that. <laughs> what can we do now? It still doesn't mean you can't be happier, healthier, have better relationships, right? So, so I'm pretty much back to in person. I, there's some virtual, but people are so excited. And I do a lot of work on them um, in the States. People are so excited to be back in person. Yeah, I, it's nice to have this virtual option. But again, I, I really did that my way as well. And so it's nice to have that option. Now, I didn't want to do it like many other people. And then I fell in love with it. I'm like, oh. An hour keynote. Now, now I can go hiking, like yes. here where I love living. <laughs> so that was great. There's a lot of speakers out there who are living lifestyle businesses, and virtual is their friend. I mean, let's, yeah, you've embraced it for that reason alone. Absolutely, absolutely. So now it's like I feel like it's the perfect option now because you can give people like maybe a better price or a different option, and yeah. this way I can still have the travel, but then still have the ease. It's honestly pinch me, pinch me. <laughs> That is a beautiful thing. Now you say your business is nobody else's business. What do you mean by that? Well, just to, to reiterate what we talked about, and I don't know if you remember the, you probably don't remember the talk that I did at CAPS from the main stage. And it was about the triathlon that I had done. And it's like, you're always trying to, you know, to be like, I was last in this triathlon and you just want to be, you're trying to catch up to everybody. You're, you just come to our speaker conventions and everybody's doing this and that and oh my gosh and more and better and bigger and uh, and it's like yes that's I have met you know I some of my friends are the hardest working people I've ever ever met and I have so much admiration and respect for them and another word I don't know if you've heard it's called mudita m-u-d-i-t-a and it means it's the opposite of jealousy it's like celebrating other people's success. And I can go to social media. I'm, I'm so joyful and happy for people that are doing their business their way. And I think if we could just get a handle on it's my how I do my business, it's no, it's not for everybody. This is not, you know, 
my way is not the right way. There's a thousand different right ways. And your business doesn't have to be anybody else's business. Just do what works for you and your family and your life and your lifestyle and your health and your mental health and be happy. Like you might get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like who knows? I love, I don't love the getting hit by a bus idea. <laughs> that idea of you do you. And stop looking over your shoulder and having professional jealousy or whatever it is you want to call it, envy of some sort of somebody else's business. Just walk your own path. And I think if we can all just be reminded of that lesson, it's so mm -hmm. good. It's so good to just, you know, I, I did a 30 day social media cleanse and that was one of the big benefits of it was I didn't once in 30 days think I'm not doing enough. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, I need to judge. Now I just need to embody that and do my own business. Like, well, and one thing that you said about like the, the stuff that doesn't bring you joy, like in three to five years, you're not going to do it. Like my first thought is like, why are we waiting three to five years? <laughs> like, Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, like, or maybe three to five months while you get those things off your plate, or like you could get one rid of one for like, we could have a coaching call about this, Jane, but I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, why? Like, because I, I'm, I have a plan with my school okay. and there's a few things that need to fall into place first. It's going to take a little time. And it's not, and it's none of my business, right? Like you've got a plan, you've whatever, like it's none of my business. So you do you. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, but it makes you wonder, okay, why wait? Like if you look at my social media now, like I have a nice you know email list and I really understand that you should be, and I hear you, I hear your little voice in my ear, just be regular, be consistent. It's like, okay, I haven't done a post since June because I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know. Like whatever, hundred reasons why I just haven't. If you looked at my LinkedIn, whatever, I think today I posted something about Canadian blood services needs blood, but, but for my own business, like I've just, I'm probably doing most things contrary, yes. but I'm- but, but you're getting booked. So tell me how you think you get booked. Well, I'll tell you about this one I got just this morning, which just blew my mind. Okay. So somebody I met from here at the newcomers club, I don't know, we just got to know each other, whatever, whatever, but not really well. It's like just an acquaintance, I would say. She worked for an early childhood education, something, something, something. I haven't seen this woman in like three years. She connected me with this early childhood educator thing. We have a conversation and they're here on the island. They can't afford me. But in my head, I'm like, they're here on the island. I love working for ECEs. Like, you know, if we did it like in a downtime, I'm trying to, we just keep talking. And she goes, you know, I have an idea. Just leave it with me. I'm like, okay. I got a call this morning from our local theater here, which brings in like Burton Cummings and Randy Backman and like, whatever. It's a beautiful 300 person theater. We're doing a full fee gig. He's asking me like what I want in the dressing room, like red M&Ms and cheese and crackers. I'm just like, what? This came from like a, you know, a volunteer thing. I don't even know how it happened. Now, wait a second. Piece it together for me. So the ECE gig, the early childhood education gig, yep. then the theater got involved. Is that the same? Yeah. Engagement? She phoned the theater and said, like, if I can bring like a hundred like early childhood educators and here's this person who lives here and does this. Yes. And he's like, this looks amazing. Like, why don't I know about her? And like, so you never get to speak like literally in your own backyard. It's a kilometer from my house. Beautiful. You know, whereas if I'd have just had that call with her, I'm like, she can't afford me. And that's the end of it. You know, who would have known? So 
I think at this point, you know, almost everything is word of mouth because as you've heard, I'm a terrible social media person. But the other thing I have done that I think has been really smart is when I, wherever I go somewhere, I almost always try to invite some, a speaker's bureau oh, very good. person. And you would think, well, they don't know who you are and they're very busy and they probably won't come, but they come, okay. they come. Not always, but sometimes they come. And that's been a bit of a game changer. Great, great, great. So let's boil it down to number one, word of mouth, spinoff, being good on the platform. And I would say one of your really huge strengths is connection. And you are out making friends wherever you go. <laughs> and this ends up being business for you at some point in time. Well, and it's genuine. Like I actually like people. I like people's stories. I like learning about people. If it turns into work, great. But kind of one of my few business things is every day I want somebody to know what I do that didn't know yesterday. Mm. So just every day somebody needs to know what I do that didn't know yesterday. And that's so the bar is pretty low, not making 20 calls a day or whatever, like just that's somebody. version of social media, though. That's your version of consistent action. And I want you to recognize yourself for the things that you do. And Thank you. I think sometimes we can really beat up on ourselves. We talked earlier about some stuff, but what bold moves have you made that were really pivotal in your business? Well, I think the Speakers Bureau is one of them because most of me goes like, who do you think you are to do blah, 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 blah. Yes. And the epiphany that I had a couple of years ago, I just, I don't remember what happened that I had this, but I realized like, I am, I'm definitely not the best speaker in the world. Like I have fallen on stage. I have forgotten the words to the song that I wrote. Like I have done everything you could possibly do wrong. I have done it and then some, but what I realized is that I know and I will literally start crying. I know to the core of my being that this is how I'm supposed to nurse. This is how I'm supposed to share my gifts. And this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. I just know that. And I realized I don't have to be the best. I just have to be good enough to get my message across, which again, might be contrary to like every speaker coach thing. I don't know, but I just realized, and I think that part of my charm is that I am very relatable and because I'm very not perfect. Who doesn't fall down on stage once in a while in life? Like that happens. Yeah. And I think that is what makes you both charming and relatable. Oh, and I'll tell you what one of the, so one of the speakers bureau, the president of the, the uh, Vegas speakers bureau that came to see me when I was done, she came to stage and she just, she said, you, you should be, she says, I don't know what you charge, but you should be a $10,000 speaker. This was like five years ago. And I was like, oh, like, thank you. Like, why? Like, that meant more coming from her than just anybody, yes. right? Sure. I said, why? Like, what did you hear? Why do you say that? And you could see her eyes, like, look up as she's thinking. She says, you're perfectly imperfect. Mm. And I was like, I can own that. Like, that, maybe that was when the epiphany happened. I can own that. I just need to be good enough to make them stay off their phones, not go to the bathroom, hear my message treat somebody a little nicer, be nicer to themselves. Like that's, I just need to be good enough for that. And then that makes me feel confident enough. And I know I am. I know if they're not, you know, I'm going to take that money from them, but I'm going to do a great job for them. Somebody's world's going to be different because I was there. I am so confident of that, that I will phone that speaker's room and say, come, like, I'll make it worth your time. Even if you never hire me, you'll get something from this program. So come and watch. That's great. Well, I like the perfectly 
imperfect, that could be the theme for life and business. Like my business is perfectly imperfect. It's perfect for me. It mm-hmm. may not be business by the book. It may not be MBA style business, but it's perfect for you. Exactly. I love it. Okay. So let's just take you back one final question. What advice do you wish that you knew earlier on? Something that you know now that you wish you would have known sooner? Well, I guess we really do have a theme going through this call. And that theme seems to be enough. Like you are good enough. Wherever you are right now, you don't need one more certification. You don't need one more uh, fancy logo. You don't need one more blog post, one more new website. You don't need anything else more than what you already have at this moment in time. Just lean into what you're good at. Lean into what you love. Believe in what you do. And you're good enough. I just, I think I could have, wish I could have believed that. Because I didn't climb a mountain, I didn't lose a limb, and I didn't, I don't have anything spectacular. I'm just so regular that I always am shocked when people turn on my microphone. But that in itself is enough. And yeah. That is a fabulous message, especially for emerging speakers who are trying to find themselves and who look at others and say, well, I'm not that. Mm -hmm. And maybe if I may be so bold, maybe it's a fabulous message for seasoned speakers who think they still have to be reaching and striving and growing. It's like, maybe, and maybe if that makes you happy, then yay. And if you don't feel like doing a newsletter this week, you don't have to because it's yours and you get to decide. (laughs) You gave me permission to back it up on mine. I love that. And this whole summer we have spent in review of everything and definitely are not adding a thing. If anything, it's just less is more. Simple, simple, simple. Let's take that away. Let's take my team is always saying, let you know, let's do something over. I'm like, not thank you very much. So this has been I loved this message, Stephanie, and this conversation. Tell people how they should connect with you. What's your favorite place of connection? Well, I'm a Facebook girl. That's where I put, I know it's not the trendy whatever, but that's where I've been doing. So this year I've been doing 22, 22, every month I do something different for 22 days. And so I've been tracking that. Facebook is where I play and I love my Facebook community, but LinkedIn also is a great place. And, and I, yeah. I mean, Facebook? Read. Works for you. You know what? I it's I have fun there. Maybe so. <laughs> a little too stuffy for you. <laughs> kind of does it a little more businessy. I've only just noticed lately a lot more business coming from LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is brilliant. I would like to spend more time there. Maybe when it's rainy, I'll spend more time there. But but I love I, that is only my first point to reach out and connect with people because I think that's a great point to just to stay connected. But I do play on Facebook. I- I'll get on LinkedIn when it's rainy. But in the meantime, I'll be out in my kayak. See ya. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. Love that. And I hope to be joining you. So I'll be on my paddle board. I don't know where we will be in terms of like uh, latitude across from each other. I don't know. Oh, yes. Right away. But anyway, I'll wave to you. (laughs) This is a a wonderful place for a vacation. So anybody who's listening, you have a friend on Vancouver Island. So stephaniestaples.ca. I'm easy to find. I'm the one that's not the gospel singer. So 
stephaniestaples.ca. Let's make sure we get that right. Mm -hmm. I'm just thankful she's not a stripper or something like that. So that's good. <laughs> I feel like a gospel singer. It's not the worst. <laughs> definitely viewers <laughs> thank you so much for your time today stephanie i'm so glad this interview went where it went i really feel like this is helpful for people yay i hope so i'm there for you and for anybody listening that we're gonna say see you soon wealthy speakers bye for now everyone thanks for listening to the wealthy speaker podcast if you need help building the speaking business of your dreams, head over to WealthySpeakerSchool.com and take advantage of our 20-minute next step call. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast.